Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Focus Seacast. I'm your host, Focus. Today we're talking with Marilyn Masher of Manifest SEC Company. We'll talk a little bit about cannabis breeding, cultivation, how we got to start. We also addressed feminized seeds and autoflowers. Without further delay, here's Masher. So what's going on, Masher? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Uh, you know, just uh, taking care of the garden. Um, you know, trying to trying to make it through another harvest, man. Just trying to clean my way into another harvest. Oh, I know the feeling. All right, we're just so, the janitors, man. We're just okay. the janitors. So we're just janitors, glorified janitors. The plant does all the work. We just clean up after it. <laughs> all right, so let's get started with how you got into growing. Well, you know, again, um, it started off as a family affair, um, you know, without going too deep into that, uh, it, it was definitely, uh, you know, inspired on me when I was younger. And uh, from there, I kind of just asked a lot of questions, wanted to make sure that I was, you know, doing everything, you know, not only the way I thought was right, but also the way, you know, that, you know, the folks that I looked up to so much thought was right. So, uh I really didn't get a chance to build my own philosophy when it comes to growing cannabis. Um, it was more or less just instilled on me by those that, you know, I tried to learn as much as I can from, you know, my father, my uncle, uh, you know, those in my family that, that, you know, really enjoyed and, you know, took part in you know, growing cannabis. And, uh, you know, before really the whole science aspect of things got into everything, you know, it was more just, like, uh, you know, just growing a plant inside is kind of how I thought it was. You know, they didn't have all these special fertilizers. And, you know, they used uh, liberated street lights and whatnot. So it was, you know, it was a different time. You know, it was just, it was a different time. But I think that those that who are able to have been through that particular time in you know, cannabis's timeline, I think those, you know, they're really able to benefit the most out of what's going on now because, you know, they're, they saw what, you know, what it once was and they learned from that and they were able to use, you know, what we learned in the past and apply it to the new technology and all the new shit that goes on these days. You know, like, you know, my old man doesn't grow anymore, man, but if he did, you know, it would be mids because he doesn't, you know, he knows how to grow his way. Um, you know, he doesn't know how to use these new fancy salt-based newts that, you know, are, you know, you know, more specialized and, you know, just your basic NPK, uh, you know, he doesn't understand the macro micro and all that. He just doesn't understand it. And, um, you know, I've tried to talk to him about it, but it's not happening. Um, so yeah, family affair. So, uh, what did you start growing like varieties wise and like in size wise? Uh, so I, I started really growing seriously when I was in high school and I, it was outdoors. You know, I, I wasn't growing indoors at the time. Uh, you know, I wasn't anywhere near the level that I was able to take up the space that, you know, it, the space indoors and make it worth my time and worth the risk. So I, I started growing outdoors. I started with bag seed, um, you know, growing out bag seed and, you know, wondering why shit never finished in time and, you know, why it was never proper. Uh, you know, little did I realize, you know, you know, different, different strains and varieties, you know, come from different places in the world. So they have different finishing times and require different needs and whatnot. I didn't know. I, I didn't understand any of that back then. I just knew what was good and what wasn't. And it was all, you know, for the majority of what I was smoking on, um, 
you know, I, I wouldn't really get a chance to, you know, smoke on what, you know, my old man and my grandpa or what my old man, my uncle were, were growing on just because, you know, it, it, they really did a really solid job separating me from that aspect of their lives. So, you know, I was smoking on, you know, I was smoking on mids and, you know, what I call mids is, you know, not necessarily what mids are today, you know, mids is, you know, like that, that old brick weed, you know what I mean? And, uh, but there was better weed, you know, that, you know, there was better brick weed than other brick weed, you know, some of it, you know, you know, it was actually pretty dank, you know, it had, you know, like a pretty decent smell to it. It had, you know, it was really fire orangey hairs, it, you know, had some purple in there and there wasn't too, too many seeds. But then you had that stuff I used to call the pretzel weed because it would smell and taste like a pretzel. Um, and that's a weird, weird way to describe cannabis, but that's exactly what it tasted and smelled like. Um, still got you high, I guess, but it, you know, it was just the bag seed from the best mid-grade strains I could get. Um, I would save it all up and, uh, I grow it out. And what was crazy was, was it was legitimate, like bag seed. It wasn't like herm seed because there were males coming out from it. And, uh, that's why it was like hard for me to like wrap my head around why bag seed off good bud was always female, but bag seed off, you know, like, like some regular brick weed would go male and female. I just, I just didn't understand things, man. It was just a whole different, a whole different, like, I like a whole different world than that, which, you know, that I was accustomed to, you know, the whole, you know, if, if you did talk, talk to me when I was, you know, starting high school or whatnot and told me that I would love gardening half as much as I love today. I mean, I, I'd call you crazy. You know, I, it just gardening was just gardening. You know, something my mom did out. I didn't see what my dad was doing as gardening. I saw like my mom in her flower garden. That was gardening. But like, I didn't see my dad as like a gardener. You know what I mean? Like, it, so it, it was hard for me to really wrap my whole mind around that process. And then when I started the whole organic thing, that's when I started like finding commonalities between like what my mom was doing outside in the flower garden and what my dad was doing inside with his you know, his thing. Um, I guess you can call it his garden. Um, so really kind of just, uh, I forgot what question I was answering by that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. I was just wondering like how you got started like space wise and like what rise, but yeah, you answered that. So I think. Backseat and outdoors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Backseat outdoors. <laughs> that's a lot of people. Uh, so yeah. Talk about what kind of growing methods you use now. So it, it, it really, it jumps around a lot. Um, you know, I finally am able to say I got my shit dialed in for the garden that I'm working in now. Um, it, it took me a while to dial this one in because I've always grown in basements, whereas now I'm in a, a third, you know, a top floor apartment. Um, luckily, I have the whole apartment to myself and I can kind of make it my own. But, you know, it's not as uh, it's, it's not as as cut and dry as growing in a nice basement that has you know, like a drain plug on the floor. And, you know, it doesn't get hot as shit all the time. Like it, it's it's always a fight with the heat in here. Like that's my biggest fight is heat. Um, but I would say kind of, you know, what I found right now that works for me is, uh, you know, I tried growing organically. I kind of saved that for the outdoors due to the bugs, but you know, I, I grow in cocoa choir, um, three gal fabric pots. Usually sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll grow in, you know, nursery pots or something, but three gal fabric pots, cocoa choir, um, perlite mix, you know, it's, it's, it's the cheapest, it's easiest to run. Yeah. I, I've used the same cocoa choir now. I mean, I'll use it three or four times, you know, 
it's just it's really uh, it's for for a passive hydro system. I think it's one of the best because you can kind of make it your own. Uh, you you can use whatever newts you want to use on it. Um, so it kind of has like that good transition from soil because if you're used to soil, kind of like the same watering properties. Uh, but cocoa choir being sterile and being uh, completely neutral, you can kind of make it however you want to make it. And that's, that's why I like it. I also, you know, no bugs is a huge plus for growing indoors, especially in, in, in an apartment um, or a condo. It, it, it's just uh, uh, the cocoa choir I got now, uh, I, I've come to dial it in. It works really well. Uh, Three-gal pots work really well for my application. I'm growing uh, half in tents and half in like an actual room. Um, you know, and and the uh, I've switched over to all LEDs except for I got one one three by three tent with a uh, 315 uh, CMH uh, HID, which is really good. I really like ceramic metal highlights, but I go away for work for like weeks at a time. And it's really nerve wracking to have HID lights running on a timer when no one's there. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's really nerve wracking. Um, so I've switched over almost everything over to LEDs and I'm not, I'm not you know, loyal to one particular brand of LEDs. Uh, I, I've, I've got one from almost everyone. I actually have a buddy of mine that works, uh, uh, with street lamps. That's kind of ironic now because most, you know, most street lamps have gone LED and uh, it's funny because he's doing the same thing my old man did, except now I got a buddy of mine who reconstitutes old street lamps that he goes and replaces. He uses those LEDs and he builds badass lights with them. Now, granted, those lights have been, you know, run for thousands of hours, so it's priced accordingly, uh, you know, but, you know, where else are you going to find for $200 a thousand watt LED light? You know what I mean? Like a true thousand watt from the wall LED light. Um, it, it's just, it, you know, for that price range, it's impossible to find. Now, granted, it doesn't work as well as like, you know, like those Samsung uh, 301 diodes and things of that nature, but I'm not a light expert by any means, but I do notice uh, the increased, uh, you know, resin production, you know, the increased, you know, terpene production that come with LED lights, at least when I run them. Um, now, you know, again, all, all LEDs are created differently. So just because you run LED doesn't mean you're going to get the same results. Uh, but if you run high quality LEDs and you're running them properly, you're definitely going to see uh, a, say, uh, a, a much less electricity bill and you're going to get a lot better uh, control over your garden. You know, you don't have the heat that you have with HIDs. You don't have the safety issues. Uh, and again, you just have more control over your garden. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, so what are you using for nutrients then? You're just using uh, salts? Yeah, uh, I use salt-based uh, for my indoor garden with cocoa. Uh, I still grow organic when I do my outdoor garden, and I do my outdoor garden every year. Um, so I do have an outdoor garden that I do grow organically with all organic inputs, and I use the same soil time and time again. But indoors um, – I've used, uh, you know, right now I'm using a company called Crop Salt, and they're, a, you know, they have really basic, uh, you know, basic level newts. Uh, you know, it's 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 everything you need in a four parter. Uh, it's dry newts. I don't I don't use any liquid newts. Um, so I'll usually use that. I'll, you know, I'll throw in, uh, you know, I'll have, uh, you know, some microbes in there, some uh, either some recharge or a company called Microbe, it's with a K. 
uh, that works really well. Uh, there's also, um, and there's all kinds of, you know, doohickeys and, you know, things for your garden these days that, you know, claim all this, that, and the third, a lot of it's snake oil. So I try to keep it, uh, you know, real basic. I try to, you know, give it the NPK that it needs uh, and throw some microbes in on there as well. Uh, now I do flush. I, I'm, you know, a strong proponent of, of giving your plants a proper flush, especially when you're growing in salt-based newts. Uh, so I have uh, a thing called Terp Tonics that I'll use. Uh, it's from Soulgrose, S-O-U-L-G-R-O-S, I believe. Uh, and it, it works really well as far as like kind of getting all those excess salts out. And it definitely does increase terpene production, at least from what I've noticed. Um, I've never, I don't have anything as far as lab reports backing that up. Uh, they have lab reports that, that they've had other users, uh, send in to them. I've never had my stuff tested in that regard. Um, but it, it, it works well as a flushing agent and, uh, it works well kind of, you know, pushing out those terpenes at the very end. And, uh, you know, I'm not too big on those, uh, you know, those different ways that you can, supposedly make your plant produce more trichomes at the end you like putting ice down on it I, i've always figured i mean yeah you might be able to make it make more trichomes but those aren't going to be mature trichomes and i'm growing for hash production and i want you know good mature trichomes when i'm washing for hash uh so i mean even if you're smoking for flour you know a, 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 a non-mature trichome is useless so you know it, it just doesn't make much sense to me all those you know tips that you can do at the ends for you know making your plant you know, shock itself. And, you know, I've seen folks, you know, they drill holes through their, uh, through the stalk and they put like quarters in them and whatnot and screws in them. And I mean, all kinds of shit, man. Yeah, dude, it's just perfect. a bunch of old wives tales, I think. You know what I mean? People just doing wacky stuff. A lot of it, man, you know, a lot of this shit didn't really happen until the whole Instagram thing came into place and people started like being attention whores. Once, the, I mean, yeah, there were things that we would do on the forums that we would kind of like be off the wall and kind of share, you know, off the wall type tricks that we might use every now and again, man. But, you know, a lot of this stuff is for shock value these days, you know, uh, you know, it just, it never like, you know, folks that grow in purely solo cups, like, it's just like that stuff never, never appealed to me because product, you know what I mean? Yeah. And my, I want my end product to be as, high quality as possible so i'm going to do everything that i can to make it be so um it you know it's just not for me yeah i, I agree it's not my my deal either i like to try to you know grow the best that i can i think that, like the solo cup thing i think that's just you know that's just for fun that's like people who try to see who can get the biggest pepper plant in a can you know and you get a group of people to do it um, yeah, but the thing is, is that we, most of us are working with limited space, limited room, limited resources, and uh, at least in Maryland, it's still a felony here, you know, growing even just one plant. Uh, so, it, you know, if I'm gonna choose to commit a felony, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, do it the most that I can, <laughs> and uh, you know, get the most bang for my buck out of that felony. So, um, I'm, I'm going to do it the best that I can when it comes to growing it. And I do encourage anyone who is, uh, is still in prohibition land that they, you know, try to skirt away from any real gimmicky or trying something new and just go with what works because, you know, we have, you know, limited space and we have, 
you know, we're trying to make the most out of that felony charge. If we eventually get charged with something, we want it to be the most bang for our buck. So I just suggest going with what works and, uh, you know, not trying, you know, much in the way of off the wall, you know, bro science type stuff that doesn't have the results. You know, it doesn't have the amount of results that are consistent that we need for me to try something new. Yeah, definitely. So I thought we'd move on to talking about fem seeds a little bit and some of the some of the fems you've made and what your methods are. Absolutely, absolutely. So I've actually taken a step back from uh, – I, I haven't taken a step back from making fem seeds, but I've taken a step back from releasing fem seeds uh, because – I, it's hard for me to release something that still has the possibility for harm. Um, and now that's not to say there aren't fem seeds out there that, I mean, are not 100% stable. I've just haven't been able to make them. And I, I mean, I, I've, I've, you know, the hell out of my stuff. I test the hell, I, I test it. And through all my testing, um, I just, I can't, I can't lock down um, a, a 100% stable fem line that I can release. Um, you know, I use silver thiosulfate. I manufacture it. Uh, I, I sell it to those who need it. Um, I, 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 I trade it. I, you know, I, I try to get as much of it out as possible cause it just, it works so damn well. And I, I always guarantee reversal. I don't guarantee pollen. I, don't, I, I can't guarantee that it'll, it'll, it'll produce feminized pollen, but I do guarantee that it will reverse. I've never had a plant that didn't straight up like actually reverse. I just had plants that don't produce fem pollen. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I love, I love feminizing plants. You know, I, I, I always feminize, you know, the ones that, uh, are in my garden that, you know, are my absolute favorite moms. Um, I, so I, I keep a good stock of feminized seed and feminized pollen on me, uh, you know, for making or, or for, you know, for making fem crosses, uh, you know, collabs, things like that. But as far as actually releasing them for sale, it, it's going to be a while. It's going to be until I can really, you know, lock these things down. Uh, I more or less use, uh, feminized seeds and you know that and 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 reversing plants as a breeding tool to be able to get me to the next step um, because you know a lot of times it, you know you might not have a particular male to work with or you know the you might have just a real banging female or just you know something that you want to either um, you know reverse and use in feminized crosses or you want to reverse and, and make s1s so it, it's a it's a great tool for breeding. Uh, it's a great tool when used properly. Uh, it's a great tool when you know you know you know exactly how you're using it and you know how to you know make seeds. It's not as simple as you just spray on your plants and you have fem seeds next. Um, there is a process that goes into it. It's not a hard one at all, but there is a process. And uh, for me, I haven't been able to lock it down enough to release uh, fem seeds for sale. You know, I give them to my friends. Um, I give them to people. And I trade with them, things like that. Um, I'll grow them out myself, but it's hard for me to sell something that I can't promise you won't harm and ruin your garden because there's nothing worse than somebody taking a gamble on your genetics, you know, growing them out, you know, you know, using their time, money, and space in their garden on your genetics and then something happening, them harming and pollinating their whole garden. 
and it, their time, space, money, all that's wasted because you didn't properly test your gear first. Um, the breeder didn't properly test their shit out first or they didn't let them know, or it's just, there was a breakdown in communication. Uh, and, and for me, it's just until I'm able to lock down the whole feminized, you know, seed production and feminized breeding without any, any issues with stability or things like that, I, I won't release it for sale. And, um, but that's not to say there are not awesome feminized genetics out there. Uh, you know, there are some people, some breeders that, have got that shit locked down they know exactly what they're doing and they know exactly how to feminize stuff they know what to look for and uh those are the guys that i really look up to you know those are the guys that you know i i like to work with um but they're few and far between and uh you know a lot of them you know whenever you're doing like really a collab with someone you know, we, I try to keep it under wraps until we either both are on, under the understanding that we're ready to release it and we're both ready to make public that we've been working together. You know what I mean? Because it can be a make it break it for both of us. So I try to keep those kind of things, you know, under wraps until either, you know, the time of the release or, you know, if, 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 if we both discussed and we've talked about it and we're both ready to go public with, the, you know, the work that we've been doing together. Nice. So you plan on releasing them soon or you're, you're just still, you're still working on that. Yeah. No, no, it, it uh, I won't be releasing fems uh, for like I won't be doing any fem drops uh, for at least another eighteen months. Uh, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a while until you know it it, it take it takes a while to you know breed stuff out, pheno hunt it, test it. You know it take it, it takes a while to do that shit. I mean, almost any seed that I I release, I made the year before. Um, it very rarely do I release seeds that I made that year because it takes a while to cure the seeds. It takes a while to, you know, uh, test them out. It takes a while to, you know, put them through their paces and then, you know, you got to package it out. It, you know, the worst part about making seeds in my opinion is the packaging part. I can't stand that shit. It takes so long. It's so, you know, you have to be so, you know, you know, special when you do it, like, I just, I, I can't, that's the worst part of it, I need a woman to do that for me, uh, just because, man, I don't have the patience, and I don't have the time for it, uh, it, it like, for me, I'll sit there, and I'll just, I'll get frustrated, because I, I, I'm just, I'm not detail-oriented in that regard, like, it, it's hard for me to make, you know, everything look the exact same, and look really pretty, and, you know, it, it, it's not, that's not for me, um, you know, I, I like, you know, working with my hands and building shit, you know, you know, it, like, it just, I'm not, I'm not, that that's not what I'm good at. And I, I need someone who is good at that because it's getting to the point now where, you know, the packaging and, you know, the pack, packing the seeds up into the individual packaging, taking orders, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, the post office, that's becoming almost a full-time job for me. I mean, I'm putting out, 20 to 30 packages a week now and you know trying to balance that with having an actual full-time job uh man it's not easy man my hat is off to these breeders who have been able to balance being you know super popular and being able to you know to put out you know 100 so packs a week uh and still balance a family and a full-time job i don't know how they do it I mean, it's, it's just, it's so detail oriented and time consuming that, uh, you know, it, it's not making the seeds is the fun part, you know, doing the crosses, 
that's the fun part. It's just it's the packaging part that just 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 irks me to no end. Yeah, sitting there counting seeds, making sure you're not one short. <laughs> that's the worst part. That right there. So how I do that, I, one of these days I'm just going to buy a seed counter. So I, I, what I do is I dump a bunch into my palm and I get the vial that I'm putting the seeds in like a hungry, hungry hippo. And it just kind of goes around my palm, putting seeds into the, you know, into the, uh, into the vial. And I, I, I'll tell you this, I've never been short. If I'm ever, if I ever think that the seeds are short, I either recount it or I just add a couple extra seeds. Uh, so I make it a point to never make sure there's less than 12 seeds per pack. Uh, yeah. Usually there's more, but there's at least 12 in every pack. Yeah, I always make sure I'm like one over just so, just for my own peace of mind. Um, I, I try to do – it gets to the point where like, you know, like the Bernie Mac that I grew out from Capulator, man, that does not put out seeds at all. I reversed that whole plant and got like 100 seeds. Out of those 100 seeds, like 30 were viable. Uh, you know, anytime I try to make seeds with it, like I crossed it to, uh, uh, NL5 Hayes times CK NL5 Hayes. And man, I mean, that's a producer too. And I got like very few seeds out of it because I use the Bernie Mac as a mother. She just does not make seeds and the seeds that she does make, man, they're, you know, usually white and premature. They're just not of quality. So it, 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 it's, it gets to the point when I'm, you know, trying to package out those seeds, man, where even putting 12 in a pack is kind of hard for me because that, I can only do like three or four packs from the whole plant, you know, and that's, you know, four months of growing that plant out for, you know, three or four packs of seeds. It's just, it's just not commercially viable. That's why, you know, Bernie Mac, you know, those seeds from Capulator, I saw them last time I saw them at a, on a, on a seed store, they were $700 for that pack of seeds. That's that's asinine, asinine, but it makes me feel good. The fact that, you know, like, like people are paying that. I wouldn't pay for that, but someone is paying for that. So I don't feel so bad when I release a pack for a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make me feel so bad because I understand why. I mean, like, like there's a lot of work that goes into, you know, like, like, like the work that Cap's done with the whole Mac deal. I understand why his seeds are that much. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Once you have something that that's, that is unique and that's yours, you know, if if it's good, I mean, it's worth that money. I mean, I wouldn't pay $700 for any seeds, but I mean, I, I've spent two or three hundred on a pack before, and it's been completely worth it. Now, granted, I've spent two or three hundred on a pack, and none of them popped. So it, it, it's 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 hard to make that kind of a commitment to one pack of seeds, but one pack of seeds can change your whole life. Yeah. It really can. I mean, look at GMO. <laughs> yeah. From the pack of seeds, and you know, Skunk's life is forever changed because of that. You know, and good for him. Good for him. You know what I mean? Like you, you. You can find your own elite in almost any pack of seeds if you know what you're doing. Uh, you know, I'm not big on tra- on on clone on on clone like trading and selling and whatnot because I like to encourage people to pop seeds, man. Because I guarantee you, there is a strain that that exact strain that 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 you have that clone from that elite cut from. I guarantee you, there's something better if you just pop more of those seeds you will find something better. I mean, it's, I love the whole clone thing, man, but I'm a seed company. I mean, I make my money through selling seeds 
And, uh, you know, if everyone just, you know, traded clones all day long, uh, you know, one, the bottle, you know, you'd have a, a genetic bottleneck too. You know, you're taking food out of, you know, all these people's mouths that, you know, make seed selling apparently, you know, like a, like their nine to five job. Um, you know, and, and you can make a good living off it. You know, if, if you know what you're doing, you have a good, you know, you have a good marketing team, you know what you're doing, you know how to, you know, you know what to look for when you're breeding um, and you're not a dick. You can really make a good living selling seeds. But the, the problem with it, man, is you say one wrong thing, you release one bad strain, you do one thing wrong and everything just topples down and you're not coming back from it uh and, and that's why you know it, it's scary as hell man because if you release one strain that herms real bad or you get on instagram and say some stupid shit one time after a couple beers man boy i'll tell you what man your whole your whole fan base is done you're they're gone that because there's so many other folks that make seeds out here there's so many other breeders you know you got breeders pollen chalkers i mean i'm kind of in the middle there and, uh, you know, there's just it, so many people that are, you know, growing with, you know, the same strains that we're all growing with, same clones. We're all using the same mothers. You know, what makes us unique is our, is, is our fathers, is our, you know, is, is the guy, is our males that we use. But we all trade the same females and, you know, we all have the same, you know, mo uh, you know mom plants. So if something happens to me, someone's going to just pick up where I left off and, you know, when something happens to him, same thing to him. So, it, you know, breeders and pollen chuckers are a dime a dozen. And uh, that's why I just got to be so careful with the things that I say and do. You know, the shit that I release, I just have to be so careful because I can't afford, you know, one bad strain. I can't afford one nervous breakdown. I can't afford one, you know, you know, off the wall drunk comment on this thing. I can't afford that shit, you know, because... If something happens to my little seed company, man, uh, you know, even though there are a dime a dozen, my little company, I put so much time and effort and money into um, that I would, you know, I, I've just, that's my culmination of, of my life's work when it comes to, you know, growing and, you know, and breeding cannabis is, is MDS. That's, that's like the culmination of everything that I've worked so hard for. I pheno hunted, you know, years and years for everything I've bought, traded. It, it all culminated into Manifest Destiny Seed Cup. And uh, so, you know, I only try to release the best of what I'm working with. These past two years, man, I, I've been able to get some really fire, fire starting, you know, breeding tools. And, I, I you know, there's going to be some real heat coming out. Uh, you know, the next couple months, next couple years out of Maryland, De Maryland, destiny seed manifest destiny seed co out of Maryland. Sorry. <laughs> All these M's, um, you know, just stay tuned, man. There's a lot of shit coming. Yeah. So coming. do you want to talk about some of your past projects or some stuff you, you you're working on? Yeah. So, you know, I really, I like to think of myself. I, I like to think that I have something for everyone. Um, as far as, you know, the, what growing conditions you have, you know, what you want to grow for, if you're growing for CBD, if you're growing for THC, if you're growing indoors, outdoors, greenhouse, I like to think I have something for everyone. Um, you know, I'm really fond of, you know, the, uh, of the work that I did with, uh, a Blackberry Diesel OG, AKA Black Dog. Uh, you know, that's a bio vortex strain. He bred that for Humboldt seeds. 
And, uh, you know, I found a really, really nice female that I did some breeding work and, uh, a lot of the shit that, you know, she puts out, man, has, has been really fire. So, you know, I, I definitely, um, you know, I'm proud of my black dog crosses, uh, man, but I, yeah, I also, I've been using, uh, uh, two really nice males lately. I found a, 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 a really resinous pure gooey male, uh, that I've been using, uh, that I'm going to do, uh, I'll be releasing in 2021, uh, some of the crosses I made with him. Uh, also I found a really nice NL5 Hayes times TK NL5 Hayes F2 male, which is a collab that was done between AK Bean Brains and Professor P from Dynasty Seeds. Uh, they did a collab and they called it Consumption F, uh, F2 was the uh, filial generation that I got it at. And uh, I popped those seeds and I found a really killer male uh, that I was able to use in some of my crosses. And uh, so there's definitely like anything that you see that's coming out of me that has haze at the end of it. I use, uh, I use that male with. Uh, I don't really breed with too many hazes or I don't really breed with too many sativas in general. Uh, but I did like, I was really fond of that particular line. Uh, you know, I made F3s of them and I, none of it uh, as far as like the F3s are for sale. Cause again, it's not my work, uh, but the outcrossing that I did with that male, uh, those will be for sale because, you know, I, I pheno hunted. I found that male. Uh, I asked permission for both AK Bean Brains and Professor P if I can work with them. They both said it was cool. Uh, you know, and that's something, again, that I really encourage anyone to do, you know, not just for if you're working with my genetics, but if you're working with anyone's genetics that's not yours, ask, just ask permission. You know, nine times out of 10, you'll get a yes. Uh, you'll almost always get a yes out of me, at least. Uh, I've never had somebody say no. I've had people ask me to not to do certain things with them, but nine times out of 10, if you're cool about it and you just ask, man, I mean, you know, most people will say yes. So, you know, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out from, you know, manifest destiny C code the next year or two. I really try to keep things under wrap until like I'm right about to release it just because, uh, the, you know, there's a lot of lines that, you know, I'll hype up in my head. Like I did a lot of work making, but then when it comes to testing, they don't test the way I want them to. Uh, you know, they might herm out. And if I tell all these people that I'm making this cross and testing comes out bad, people are going to be like, dude, what happened to this? Or what happened to this? What happened to this? So I try to only really talk about strains that I've either already released or are fixing to release like in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, and, and I don't release too many strains. I'll usually release no more than five or six a year. Uh, and, and it's just because it just takes so long to, you know, make the seeds, test them, you know, it just, it's a long process. Uh, and it just, I'm not able to, with the space that I have, have any more production than maybe five, you know, five strains a year, but I can guarantee you out of those five strains, they're going to, there's going to be something for everyone. Um, you know, if you want indoor, you want outdoor, it, there's something for everyone. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really proud of everything that I put out. Uh, you know, obviously I'm more proud of others. Excuse me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm more proud of some than I am of others. But uh, everything that I put out through Manifest Destiny Seed Co., I'm, I'm extremely proud of. It's been it's been tested. Uh, it's stable, 
and you know it's something that that I'm I'm, I'm personally extremely proud of. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, I'm starting to transition over to breeding primarily for hash production. Um, so a lot of the strains that I'll be making here in the future, a lot of the crosses and things of that nature, uh, I'll be making with a, a, a kind of a, 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 a focus on hash production. So how does it, making sure that it washes well, making sure that, you know, uh, you know, the hash, you know, it's full melt, uh, it melts right, you know, melts like water. I, I'm, I'm going to put all of my focus and all of my resources into pheno hunting and breeding with uh, stability and hash production in mind. So I won't release it if it's not stable, uh, but I also, I won't release it if it doesn't wash well either. So it, it, it's going to probably mean that my production will go down even more. Uh, so I'll only be releasing maybe three or four strains a year, but those strains are going to be all exceptional washers. And so I started, uh, yeah, it's not easy making strains for hash production, you know, because something that might look fire for flour might not wash it all. Well, I'll give you an example, like my Bernie Mac that I use, uh, from Capulator, dude, it, it, it creates some, some top notch flour, man. It looks beautiful. Smokes beautiful white ash, Get you, I mean, super high numbers, uh, you know, when you go in for testing, high terpene, everything about it's perfect, man. But when you try to wash that shit, it's garbage. It's just, it doesn't wash at all. And it's not necessarily the strain. It's just that particular pheno that I'm working with that I love so much. Uh, it just, it just does not make anything for hash production. Um, at least not in my experience. I have not been able to wash that well and i've grown that every cycle now for like two years uh, and i just i can't get it to wash well you know i'm making some crosses with it i uh i reversed it and i'm growing out some of the s1s i'm gonna see what's locked up in that you know locked up in their genetic uh but I, I, it's just some strains don't wash well some strains are just better for flour so with that in mind i'm just gonna keep you know i'm gonna keep those two uh, are those two principles in mind? So if you do buy Manifest SNAC Co. seeds, they're going to wash well. Uh, they were bred and they were tested for their hash making properties. So, you know, just keep that in mind if you're looking, you know, in the future, if you're looking for strains that, you know, you're a hash producer, um, I definitely, I, I feel you. I'm one of you. <laughs> and uh you know i like to breed, i like to think that i breed for the people and for the people is for people like me who like to wash and like to smoke really good hash yeah that's a whole nother you know criteria of selection you have to go through because not only do you have to make sure that it tests well on the growing end then you got to make sure it tests well on the on the production end and so yeah it's just well, a lot of hash strains are not the prettiest plants to look at yeah, exactly. Like one of the best strains I ever washed was from Bodie. It was um, it was Irene, you know, like Irene OG out of uh, out of Georgia. It was Irene times ADAG thirteen hash plant. Man, it smelled like cat piss. It just it didn't look. I mean, it, it was dank as shit, but it didn't look that good. You know, like it just didn't look 
as good as, you know, a lot of like the cookie strains and shit like that. Uh, but, you know, you look at that under a microscope or under a loop, the trichomes are fat as hell, man. Bulbous heads, full of, you know, beautiful oils. And uh, it just it just washes so well, man. It, even flower rosin, it's the best flower rosin I've ever seen, man. It looks better than most hash rosin. It just, I mean, I'm not big on flower rosin much these days, man. But I like to press almost everything before I wash it to see how it presses for flower rosin, just to kind of see what I'm working with. Um, but damn, man, it, it just it just washes so damn well. So you know that you know that's something else that I'm working with. You know, I'm finding strains that wash really well. And I just use that as breeding material. You know, I won't release someone else's work. and I will not make money off someone else's work. Uh, but I will use someone else's work as a foundation to build my own work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I thought I'd we talk about autoflowers again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Autoflowers. You know, my opinion on autoflowers is they, they definitely have their place. Uh, there, that there's a lot of benefits from growing autoflowers if your environment suits that. Um, you know, like growing places, you know, like Alaska, up north, things like that. You know, where their outdoor season is all funky and whatnot. Uh, autoflowers are great. You know, I just what bothers me is people have that this predisposition thinking that autoflowers are easier to grow, uh, and that that's not the case. At least not for me, man. Uh, you don't have the control that you have with photo period. You're not able to clone them like you can a photo period. Uh, you know, people say that they do, but I've never been able to figure out how they get that done. Uh, it's it, it, not to say that you can't. I just haven't figured it out. And, but, you know, I, you just don't have the control that you have with a photo period. Um, and, and so for me, uh, they're not for me. They're really good at, you know, making money for breeders. You know, like, you know, autoflowers almost always sell. Uh, they're, you know, a really good, you know, money maker, uh, for people that know what they're doing with it. But, you know, like you know, they're just not for me. I don't want to hate on anything that comes, you know, anything cannabis related. I don't want to hate on if it's, if it was, you know, good selection, if, if it, if it makes good pot, that's good medicine and helps somebody I'm all for it. But personally, uh, I won't breed with them. I won't grow them. Um, I just, it, they're just not for me. Gotcha. So, um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we get to the quick questions? Man, you know, I really just want to, you know, reiterate, you know, one, you know, how thankful I am to, you know, not just you, but you know, everybody in the cannabis community, uh, for, you know, you just for being there and for all that they do, uh, you know, thank you to anyone that takes a gamble and buys my seeds, you know, what, you know, that's putting food in my belly, that's, you know, taking my dog to the vet. That's putting gas in my truck. Uh, you know, it, 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 it helps me, you know, live my life and, you know, make more fire, you know, make more heat. Uh, so thank you to anyone that grows my genetics. Uh, I encourage anyone to reach out if you ever have questions or concerns. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, at Maryland underscore masher or on, uh, you can send me an email. Um, marylandmasher at gmail.com uh, i'm working on building a, uh, a manifest destiny seed co website uh, where you can buy seeds from via that but until then just shoot me a dm or, or send me an email we can work something out 
Uh, also, if you need you know any kind of STS reversal spray, STS silver thiosulfate, I, I manufacture it all in-house. I make all orders uh, per per order. So if you order a bottle from me, I make it that day that I send it, or the day uh, or the day before. Uh, so it's maximum freshness. And uh, man, I'm just I'm an open book, man. I try you know I try to aim for transparency. I want people to know what I'm working with, know what I'm doing on a day to day basis. And uh, if anyone ever has any questions, man, reach out. You know, I, I would love to help out. I would love to answer any questions or, you know, I, if you, any, any, any breeders out there want to do a collab, um, you know, the, wor the, the worst I can say is no. Um, you know, reach out to me, see what I'm working with, see if, you know, what I have jives with what you have. And uh, if, you, you know, if you want to do a collab, you know, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. Cool. So first, first question now. What's your favorite variety to grow? Uh, I would say my favorite variety to grow. I do love VOGs. Uh, you know, from a from a medicinal perspective, I just love. You know, I I, I can't get sick of them. There's a lot of strain, a lot of terpene profiles that uh, that might be dank, but I just uh, you know I get sick of them after growing them. You know, a time or two. But you know, most of the OG varieties, man, I just I can never get sick of growing them. I can never get sick of you know, smoking on them. Uh, I'm always reaching for the jar, uh, you know, labeled OG. So. Nice. Well, that, so that's your favorite to smoke as well? Uh, OG varieties. Uh, I, I really like, you know, like I really like the TK varieties. Uh, I really, really like the potency of it. Uh, I like growing with it. I like breeding with it. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, you know, the, uh, anything really, you know, with that, like, you know, that grows and smokes like an Afghani. Um, I just like, you know, I, I like that kind of, you know, narco effect. Uh, I'm not, I'm not big into, you know, you know, like the thin, uh, or the narrow, uh, leaf varieties, the sativas. Uh, I'm not into growing them. I'm not into the effects and I'm just not into, you know, they don't wash very well usually. And uh, they're just not for me. So, you know, for me, I like, you know, you know broad leaf, Afghani varieties, the OGs, things like that. Cool. Um, so what's your favorite uh, tool or piece of equipment? Uh, this is a good one, man. This is a real good one. And I'm going to have to answer two things. Uh, they both do something similar. Uh, one, definitely uh, zip ties. Zip ties are the shit, and uh, I can't grow without them. Uh, and also, uh, like black 3M tape. Not, not, not quite duct tape, a little bit stronger than duct tape. It's uh, like Josh Nashua tape, things like that. Uh, you know, really heavy, thick tape just works so well for you know duct work and things like that it just you know without those two adhesives i don't know what i would do i mean i'm always reaching for them for hanging lights or mounting something or taping up something that they are the two most used tools in my garden for nice. sure yeah i've gotten gotten duct tape as an answer before so it seems to be a common one <laughs> but um so what's one word of wisdom or advice for all the farmers and growers out there? You got to sow it to know it. Um, if, if you don't grow it out, you'll never know what you have. If you keep on trading clones, you're not, you know, you're not going to find the next, you know, elite clone, pop those seeds that you have, take a gamble on that breeder. You don't know too much about ask questions 
do whatever you need to do to grow the dank in your garden. Uh, but, you know, there should be no, you know, reason that you don't have the communication uh, that we didn't have back in the day these days. There's so many ways you can get in touch with breeders and you can get in touch with, you know, anyone that's in this community, you can find a way to get in touch with somehow. Um, so there's no reason for lack of communication or anything like that. So ask questions, uh, pop seeds, and, uh, you know, live an Irie life, man. Live a good life. Agreed. Well, that's it for this episode. I'd like to thank Marilyn Masher for coming on. You can find him on Instagram at Marilyn underscore Masher. You can find me, Focus, on Instagram at Focus Seeds. You can also check out my website, focusseeds.com, or send me an email, focusseeds at protonmail.com. That's P-H-O-C-A-S. I'd also like to give a shout out to my buddy Bezmir for making this beat. You can find him on Instagram at Bez to the Mirror. That's B-E-S number two, T-H-E-M-I-R. Well, that's it. Talk to you all next episode. Happy growing. Peace.